0: Now the host of Sunday Focus, Christine Manica.
1: Welcome back to another edition of Sunday Focus. I'm being joined in the studio by two special guests here. They are both with one of the many great organizations here in the Sioux Empire called Face It Together. It's actually right next door from this building, so they probably just took a quick walk here. We have the pure addiction coach, Joe Talustas, and someone that has benefited from this program. His name is Steve Hondel. Hey, guys, good morning. Good
0: morning. Good morning. It's 66 Steps, by but- by the way.
1: Is it really 66 yep. steps? Yep. Did you count? I did, yeah. <laughs> Very quick walk. Well, thanks for so much for joining us here this morning. It's actually been a couple of years since we talked to the people from Face It Together. Mm-hmm. It actually, during 2020 was the last time we spoke. So for anyone that's not familiar with this organization, let's start from the beginning. Tell us about sure. Face It Together.
0: Face It Together started in Sioux Falls in 2009, and it was the brainchild of Kevin Kirby, who's a local... Uh, philanthropist and business person who had himself been through uh, addiction issues and had gone through traditional treatment many many times without success, and, and he always thought that there must be a better way. So uh, back then, he 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 put together three town hall meetings and brought together people from every walk of life to talk about the issue and talk about what's working, what's not, what's missing, what's, you know, are there better ways to do this? And, and out of that came an organization that really kind of started from absolute scratch. The concept of peer Coaching, which is at the basis of what we do, um, has been around for a while, but really we've kind of been—you go back to 2009—we're kind of on—we're not bleeding edge, but we're probably you know we're 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 close to doing that, and and now coaching in that since that time has become uh, very popular around the, the country and very successful because it's it's different, you know, it it, it fits in with all of the other. Uh, ways of addressing problem use and addiction and things. Uh, it's, it's key part being um, working with someone who has a shared experience, who's been there before. That's probably the simplest way to say it. So since 2009, uh, we now have talked to clients in over 40 states, to Canadian provinces and the UK. Uh, thank you, Internet. Um, <laughs> but primarily, we're here. Primarily, we're here and primarily the people that we see are South Dakota people. We also have an office in Colorado Springs, uh, Colorado. So and that's in the last couple of years. Yeah, so that's kind of some of the background.
1: Well, that's a pretty extensive background there <laughs> to see all that growth from when you guys started to what it is right now. So when you d- did start this organization, mm-hmm. what was the need that you saw in the Sioux Empire to bring Face It
0: Together to life? You know, what was the purpose? Mm-hmm. The Well, the purpose was, is that for some people, whatever was out there traditionally wasn't working, you know, for some people, traditional, um, counseling works great for some people. Uh, they're at a point where they need an an outpatient intensive outpatient or inpatient treatment. What Mm -hmm. we think of as treatment, um, not everybody needs treatment. Um, some people have gone through in, in very clinical situations and it just didn't, grab. You know, it's like a lot of different things in life. There, There's, there's many ways to skin the cat. And for, for hours, it was finding somebody, you know, the people who were going, I want to talk to somebody who understands who understands what's going on because it's, you know, uh, addiction, problem use uh, is like, and it's often tied to mental health Mm -hmm. and, you know, things, depression, anxiety are extremely common. And it's like, how do you find, if if somebody asks you to, to define depression, what does it feel like to have depression? It's hard to come up with the language, but if you've had it, you know, you know, and there's a lot of that here with, with addiction. If you've been there and have had the, the bad days and the really bad days and the really really bad days, and it found a way out of it. That there's a lot of merit in that, and and it builds, I think, a confidence um, that you know you're not just. This is not theory, you know. This is it's not or not just theory, you know. This is practical practice, and uh, for a lot of people, that was kind of a piece that was missing uh, to do that. To have a one-on-one with somebody who wasn't necessarily only academically trained, uh, but somebody who had actually been there.
1: What type of programs does Face It Together offer? Uh, one-on-one coaching.
0: Uh, and that's another thing. It's not, you know, there are group settings. There are a lot of different uh, things. And uh, and inpatient treatment, of course, is out there, very expensive. Um, our service is one-on-one coaching. And we have, you know, everybody on our coaching staff has uh shared experience, real life experience. Uh, we're also trained. Uh, but the, the difference is, as we go into a room, it's one-on-one, you see the same coach every time. And it's somebody that over time, not only do you help with, uh, the straight addiction issue, and Steve can talk more to this when, when mm-hmm. the time comes, but it's also about really kind of changing the way that you think about life change the way that you think about things. Um, and I mean, there've been a lot of the discoveries that I know I've made as a coach over time that all of a sudden I'm going, okay, you know, this is what's, what's at play here. There are people who have severe issues that I, as a, you know, as a coach cannot help. If someone comes in with um, severe uh, trauma, Mm-hmm. We deal with a lot of trauma. Trauma is a huge deal. It's extremely powerful. Um, oftentimes, where in a case of extreme trauma, you need a professional who can work through that. That's a long-time uh, one-on-one thing. Uh, if a person comes in with severe mental illness, schizophrenia, uh, uh, uh Borderline personality disorder and things. The best thing I can do as a coach is to, you know, I know people who are good at that. And so we can help kind of a triage situation where we can move people there. But I have found in, in in coaching that there's a much larger universe of people who aren't that far off. And so we work with them one-on-one to not only work on the substance. They come in with substance issue, but a lot of times we work on things and it's kind of a thinking issue or how you approach everything that you do. Um, It's different from coach to coach, from from client to client, but uh, it's a much more personal, hands-on, real-world, two feet on the ground. Can you give me
1: an example of a coaching session? Say I'm sitting down with you for the first time, or maybe we've been meeting Mm -hmm. for a couple of times. What can someone expect when they go to face it together?
0: We we usually start with about a 50-minute session, you know, 50 minutes to an hour. Um, A big part of it is get to know each other. Because um, it's it's a matter of sometimes matching up a coach and their background with the background of the person who's coming in, and we you know we all have certain things in common, but we also have different experiences. We've been different places, different genders, different all all kinds of different things. Um, and it's a first, it's a get to know you thing because that's what people are coming in. They're skeptical. They're not in the best shape. Mm-hmm. You know, you you rarely come in for the first time to face it because everything's groovy. You know, <laughs> it's that you know people are not in a in a great place. So you develop what you work towards is developing a connection, and we will meet with people once a week, sometimes twice a week. It's kind of up to the of the client. They might start with needing more at the beginning. Sometimes we uh, are the first choice of people sometimes we are the aftercare choice of people who have been through uh other so it's not you know it's not like we are exclusive to everything else that's going on it's just it's another piece of the puzzle like they may go to a 30-day inpatient treatment and then what you know and we may be one of the options we my person might go to court maybe on a dui or something and and while they're waiting you know to go through that process they need to be somewhere And so judges and the courts will often send people uh, our way and we'll start to work with them or, you know, and they also might be in an intensive outpatient treatment or whatever. It's finding it's finding the fit, but it's 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 not a group situation. It's one on one, completely confidential. Nothing leaves the room. Uh, And I think that creates an atmosphere where. People can be honest and they need to, you know, honesty is one of the first thing that that come along, both being honest with yourself and being honest with the people in your life. And so that's where we start. And from then on, it kind of goes where it goes.
1: That's uh, very true about that. speak about being truthful, yeah, you have to be truthful mm-hmm. with yourself, too, in order to go forward yep. and uh, helping heal yourself, too. If you are just listening, I'm being joined in the studio with Joe Telestas and Steve Hondo from Face It Together. Steve, don't worry. We're going to get to you uh-huh. here in a little bit. Now, Joe, we were talking about this before. Mm-hmm. Addiction has many faces now what types of addictions does face it together help its clients with what what do you see on a day-to-day basis
0: uh mostly substances um and that can be the number one by far is alcohol two-thirds of the people we see come in with an alcohol problem um other street drugs. Um, what we where we don't have expertise is in gambling, sex addiction, other things like that. It's mostly substances that people are coming with, and 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 I would say after uh, alcohol, probably meth is next. Mm-hmm. Meth is a real problem. Meth is is in kind of its own category. It is it is tough, and especially when you have an IV user of meth that is a tough thing to come back from there's you know your your brain is literally rewired and it can take up to 5 years to get out of that, but we've got everything: marijuana, cocaine, uh, you know, uh, opiates. Certainly, you can't leave that off the list. Uh, that's and, and a lot of times it's a poly use because a lot of times you're dealing with people who have mental, undiagnosed mental health situations, mm-hmm. and they're self medicating. And it can be anything from from soup to nuts. So, but you so, if you if you can think of it as a substance other than food, probably because again, that's its own area of expertise. Um, That's what we that's what we work with
1: when you're looking at addiction from not only a statewide perspective, Mm -hmm. but local locally, too. What does that look like here in the Sioux Empire and throughout South Dakota? Uh,
0: Alcohol, number one, number one, number two, number three. Um, Ease of access, socially accepted, um, relatively inexpensive. Uh, big history and and uh cultural thing so by far that is has always been and will continue to be the biggest problem um our 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 meth work is 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 certainly above the national average mm. um uh it's it's a real problem uh and uh, uh and it's not going away in fact it's probably the the problem itself has gone up um fentanyl uh and other opiates certainly have you know, I've gone from from nowhere to to, to a, a big issue. Uh, the uh, toughness with that is is with fentanyl as a as a replacement for other opiates. Um, it's built to hit fast and then not last long. But if you you don't know what you're taking, you don't know what's in it, you don't know how big a dosage it is. It's that big hit at the beginning that can, you know, that can. You know, have uh, respiratory arrest, or, or, uh, or just plain out passing out, and going Jimi Hendrix, you know, on, mm-hmm. on on somebody, that's a real toughie. It's it's way too cheap. It's way too uh, unsure of what a person is using. So that's a big problem as well.
1: What do you think a connection is with addiction? Is with clients that you see, or maybe just addiction in general? How does someone? Say, get hooked on meth that quickly, opioids, stuff like that
0: well there's some of it's chemistry, you know, and some of it hits different people differently. um you know what makes meth as addictive as uh, uh, and so quickly uh, you know you're probably going to need to talk to a chemist before that. I just know that it does, and that it can and it can happen very quickly, and the damage from it can happen very quickly um um, opiates the same the same way depending on where you start it was one of my problems um, I got hurt I got hurt doing a radio stunt <laughs> as did a matter of fact really? yes I did involving donkeys it's a colorful story donkeys eh? yeah it's a colorful okay, story
1: now we're gonna have to hear that uh, story uh, uh, eventually
0: yeah, um, yeah and, uh, and but it, it put me in the hospital and introduced me to my first emerald shot and uh, it was like where have you been all my life and for uh, for about two, three weeks, it was like the greatest thing in the world. And then I fought it for 20 years. And uh, so an example, you know, so I've, I have, I have, I have experience with that. And then there was poly drug use later, uh, undiagnosed mental health issues was a big part of my thing. Mm-hmm. I was self-medicated, self-medicated for a lot of years. Um, and I finally ended up going to uh, inpatient treatment when I was 47, Wow, and I'm 61 today, so coming up on 14 years.
1: Wow. Now, I I like how you brought up the donkey story in there because <laughs> we're actually going to talk to you about your connection with addiction now. So yeah. you you said that it was a radio stunt. Mm-hmm. So get get a little bit. I need to know about these you need donkeys. To know. Okay, I'll, I'll yeah. try to
0: make it. I know we got limited time, so I'll try to make it a uh 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 the the short version. Um. I was working in radio here in Sioux Falls mm-hmm. in my early 20s. We were invited to a fundraiser uh, to raise funds for the T Wrestling Boosters, mm. and uh, and uh, my boss, who is now your boss, <laughs> uh, got us involved. And uh, and it ended up being a donkey basketball game, and I don't know if you're familiar. That's no. kind of a generational divide. There's a guy who came from northern Wisconsin with a. You'd hire him. You'd bring him in with a truckload of donkeys, twelve donkeys, and then you would have five on a team, and it was it was like five of us from from radio and uh, five teachers oh from T. Tea. And you, you know, the idea was, as you hop on the donkeys, you attempt to play basketball and hilarity ensues. You know, that was, yeah, that's what passed for big time entertainment. And it was one of those things where the little voice and Steve will know about little voice, little voice in your head said, this is really a bad idea. You don't want to do this. But I was young, team player for charity. I didn't listen to the little voice. And that became, unfortunately, a habit. Um, we got going in the game. Uh, rumor has it that the uh, the donkey master, I don't know what else to call him, donkey master. Handler, ha- master, ha- yeah. Yeah, hand, the donkey handler, uh, had a riding crop like you, a jockey would use in a sure. horse race and just kind of would shush the donkey around on, on various parts, and it would know whether to start or stop or turn or whatever. And apparently that went away, and the electric cattle prod came out, and I became uh, comedy relief. And all I remember was... Um, uh, gallop, gallop, buck, and I went flying. Oh
1: and boy! And I, I
0: landed on a, on a on a hard. It was one of those multi-purpose gym floors, sure. concrete, tile over concrete. Ended up in the emergency room of what was then uh, Sioux Valley Hospital, and uh, that's where I got the Demerol shot, and that's where kind of where that started. Now I was at that time in life. It's not uncommon for uh, mental health issues to start showing up in young men in their twenties, and I guess I was right in there I didn't realize it at the time but that's what started and then as i w- went along that was kind of a treatment and i tried many other things just trying to get my head to feel right yeah so that was my thing and 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 that went on for years it went on for decades finally i like many i reached that day where i just said i can't do this anymore and uh so i made the call went to inpatient and then when i came out it was like okay what do i do next and there weren't very many options of what to do next so when the opportunity came to do this, I saw this as this is a thing to do next. This is a place to go with people who will understand. And I came in as a volunteer at, uh, at Face It about five and a half going on six years ago and uh, started coaching. And here I am. All these years later.
1: Here you are today. If you are just listening, we are talking to Joe Telustis and Steve Hondo from Face It Together. Steve, it's your turn now. You are someone that has benefited from coaching with Face It Together. So why don't you tell us your story? How did you get involved with Face It Together?
2: All right. Um, I'm one of the people that you would speak about that have gone through other programs. Like I came to Joe and I had actually... In 2018 is when I decided to get sober. You know, I stopped drinking because I had definite, definite problems, definite things had happened that I wasn't dealing with in my life. So that's kind of what you fall into. You talk about your mental health type things. And you don't want to deal with it, so you drink and you do all this stuff, right? So, but anyhow, I did go through uh, the AA program, Wonderful People on Southside. Uh, I had a wonderful sponsor there named Reed Halliday and uh he's got an incredible story himself he was very much a great help to me and so i went through them did their 12 step program and all of that but when i get done with that there's for my my own story there was something missing yet from me that like joe mentioned earlier uh there's something else that's going on not everyone is the same thing. Not everyone has just an alcohol problem or just a drug addiction or what it may be. And I was one of those people that I had a lot of these emotional things that I needed to deal with, get straightened out. And that's what brought me to Joe here about three years ago now. I've been working with him and, you know, it was hard going. When I came to him, I was sober, but I was a mess otherwise, not knowing what to do. So I guess I would call that, you know, like a dry alcoholic, a dry drunk, not drinking, not doing the problems, but not living my life either, Mm. not knowing how to go forward like you had mentioned earlier. Um, So we started working and he went through a lot of things with me, (laughs) heard me complain (laughs) about many, many things. But it really does come down to the fact where I had to take ownership over my time. And there's a lot of things. It's really easy to put the blame on something. Instead of looking inward when you're talking with someone, this is what Joe did really well with me. He did connect with me. We talked about music and radio and stuff because I play music. And I've done this for many, many years in that area and then traveled all over and done that. That's a whole other story. But uh, this is where I'm at now in my life, you know. And uh, he helped me get to this point very much. Uh, and I'm very grateful for it because my whole attitude had changed. What I, when I, what I was before... It was pretty much unrecognizable compared to where I am now in my life and the way things have turned around just by being willing to wake up in the morning, have the patience to open my eyes and say, today's going to be a good day instead of waking up mad at the world because who knows? You know, there's so many people don't really know what's wrong. You have to really dig to find what's wrong and be willing to let go of many things and that's how he helped me a lot all this time, and that's why I'm able to be here today talking. Would mm. you
1: say that music kind of helped you not get to the point of drinking right away, kind of like a therapeutic type of thing for you?
2: I come from the country in Menno, South Dakota, and we mm. grew up keg parties on the country gravel road. At I got gotcha. you. 13, 14, you know, <laughs> so it, it's just commonplace, basically on weekends and everything. But then I finally took it a little too far. The music itself, maybe after a while I started to... Look at it at more of a party, obviously, than it was more about music or the business side of things or that I really didn't care much about at that time. It was more what's happening tonight, you know, Yeah. what's next, you know, and then you start losing your responsible. You're not responsible for any of your actions and, you know, your life starts to kind of go south.
1: It's so not sure. easy to share a story like this. It, you're you're really sharing something personal right mm-hmm. now. So why did you decide to come on with Joe and share your story?
2: There's, I'm one of the people that never thought there would be anyone out there that would understand or make a connection. That's another reason why the face it is so important. Mm-hmm. You know, to me, uh, in my story is because I didn't realize there were people out there that would know what I'd gone through or similar things. Not everybody's the same again, but on this part of it, I just feel that if somebody can hear, because I do understand the addictions when it goes to the math, I do understand what it is that hooks you on, you know, marijuana and all these other things that are going on and what a different time it is in the world nowadays. But I understand all of this from my past. And if I'm able to do anything or do any one person good, just by, sharing my story out there, I'm willing to do that. Is
1: Joe a good peer coach for you?
2: Very much so, yes, (laughs) yes. What do you like about your sessions with Joe? Pretty much we talk about everything. Like there's really no ground that we don't cover. And in the early year, in the early beginning, it was more about all of my emotional problems and all of my things that I wasn't willing to just dump and let go, Mm. unhitch the plow, you know. And nowadays, what I enjoy about it is we get together and now it's talking about, whatever we're doing for the week, because there is nothing going on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really, there is, but there's not. There's life happening. I'm happy. There's no need for, and we talk about kayaking, fishing, you know, what he does when he goes back to, uh, by Huron, you mm-hmm. know, Forsberg and all that. I mean, it, we just it's just a fun discussion where it becomes more of like friends getting along and just sitting and chatting, hey, how the week go, you know, just like a normal, just normal talk.
1: How did you deal with COVID during that time of isolation when you necessarily not had the face-to-face contact?
2: Well, I'll tell you, that was hard. We talked on the phone, which that's fine, and that worked through, but as far as like being able, uh, then he had surgery and stuff that had went on for a while there, and then I had a couple different people filling in over that time, and it wasn't quite working because they didn't understand me, which is nothing against them, Mm -hmm. but- there's got to be some kind of an understanding and they weren't with me at that point mentally already. It would be like starting from the beginning again. And I was not ready to do that with somebody because he already had known so many things about me already. So it was missing over that time. There was one summer, the first summer that it had hit that was when he was hurt. And then he came back later that year again, like November, I think. And then Mm -hmm. things started going again. And by that point, my life had changed a little bit and it had gotten up, down, all around, you know, until you finally get your feet on the ground. And then once it was about the middle of it, I suppose, after November, he had been back. And then by the time it was March, May, I think I started getting more of an understanding about getting through it. Mm-hmm. And then uh did one Zoom meeting. I guess that was all right. <laughs> you know, I mean, you just kind of. Kind of make, make it through and make do as best you can. A lot of people probably didn't at that time. You know, I was lucky enough that my life didn't stop. I had a job at the time before I took over the property that I have now. And uh, I was working for delivery, so I was at work every day. Nothing stopped for me. And I still did my kayaking outdoors when I could, fishing. I mean, mm-hmm. nothing stopped me really from activities that I like and then playing in music because I still play around locally, so we still had our band practices. and So nothing really changed for us as far as that went. We weren't really locked in. Uh, the, I made my two. You know, I went out and worked and made a plan, made it work, you know. Yeah. Patience.
1: Yeah, absolutely. If you were just listening, Joe Telestas and Steve Hondel with Face It Together, they are in the studio. Now, before we talk about this event coming up for yep. you on September 24th, Steve, how are you right now in your recovery process?
2: I'm doing really good right now. It's, uh, yeah, you know, there's... No drama. I guess that's a phrase that most of us like to say. There's no anything outside causing anything to me. I'm happy. And it's nice to feel this way for a change. Uh, and it's been a while and it's been consistent now. So it stays as long as you're willing to work on yourself.
0: And that's what I've learned. It stays.
1: Yeah. Good to hear that. Now, Joe, let's talk about this walk that you guys
0: have coming yes. up. Yes. Uh, March into the light. It's our oldest tradition at, uh, at Face It Together. It is a day to remember. It is a day to celebrate. It is a day to uh, remember those who didn't make it. Uh, March into the Light is on the 24th of September, Saturday the 24th. It is at Good Earth State Park. Two events really there. One is at we re, we get together at 630 in the morning and we take a walk at sunrise. The walk is free. If you want to come, if you, if you have nothing to do with face it at all, you're in recovery. Great. If you have lost somebody, Come, remember them, and we, we we share that together. we remember it's also a fundraiser we do have we have people that are raising money buying t- shirts, various things like that. Uh, we also have a, a fun run, which is something new this year mm-hmm. that'll start then at eight o'clock once the sun is up, and that's all out also added out at uh, good earth uh state park um, so all information on what we do the the march into the light, everything that we do. At, is at we face it We are a nonprofit. We face it You'll find about the service. You'll find about how you get involved, how you get involved in coaching, how do you go to march into the light on September 24th. Everything is right there.
1: And then, Steve, just to wrap this up here, what is your message for anyone going through their own battles of addiction right now?
2: Uh, personally, from pers- from my personal experience, I would say just have patience with it because things don't happen overnight you must work on yourself every day and even when you think you're there you cannot quit working you cannot never give up on yourself ever you must
0: make it work
1: all right awesome great message from both of you guys thanks so much for joining us here this morning
0: you bet you bet thank you very much appreciate it our daughter was back we had sanity back in our family life the tools they gave us as a family we will
2: always be able to use I'm John from Sioux Falls. We had to do something because our home was in havoc. We brought our daughter to Hope Harbor in Marshall, Minnesota when she was 15. The change was night and day. Hope Harbor helps struggling girls and boys 12 through 17. When you think there's nothing more you can do, there is hope. Hope Harbor. Go to HopeHarborMN.org.
1: I'm Christine Manica, and you've been listening to Sunday Focus. I'd like to thank Joe Telestis and Steve Hundell from Face It Together for joining the program today. If you or someone you know is struggling with mental illness or addiction, you can always check out WeFaceItTogether.org. Join us again next week for another edition of Sunday Focus.
0: Sunday Focus is a public affairs program of a Results Radio, Town Square Media, Sioux Falls.